Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Sunday, June the 19th, it is Ian Cameron with you, and we have ourselves, once again, a special guest today, uh, joining us, former uh, pro hockey player for many years, uh, Russian. Uh, great to have, uh, actually, some Russian flair uh, on the uh, show uh, here for the, uh, I think, for the first time, if I'm not mistaken. So, thrilled to welcome Nikita Kashursky here to this edition of the Ice Guys. Nikita, welcome to the Ice Guys. What's up? What's up, Ian? Thanks for having me. Um, looking forward to it. Let's have let's have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. It sounded like I don't know about time. the Russian flair. I don't know about the Russian flair. How much flair I can bring? But <laughs> uh, do your best, and we'll see what we'll see what we can do. Uh, yeah, someone I mentioned actually that you uh, we, I had to do a show this morning, and uh, you were going to be our guest. He says, "Hey, I remember him from the Manitoba Moose." So because he lives out in Manitoba. So uh, there you go. Someone uh, someone remembers you, Nikita. So talk about your uh, pro hockey days. Talk about where you've been, where you played with, how you got into hockey, how you fell in love with the sport where you played all these years and uh, the journey uh, through uh, through the years uh, in hockey for you? I was a roller coaster, man. Um, I mean, I grew up in Moscow, played in Dynamo system, um, you know, um, and uh, growing up, loved hockey right from the beginning. You know, it was great. Loved playing it, you know, practicing, loved playing outside. In, in Russia, we played outside a lot during the winter. Um, and obviously, you know, as a little kid, you always dream to be a pro. Um, but... Uh, it was, you know, it was my brother who left, you know, to U.S. And, um, you know, my parents always kind of told me, you know, stay in school, stay in school. And, you know, my brother get in, got in touch with a bunch of prep schools in U.S. And, you know, around 17 years old when I was in back in 2002, I, um, I went to, uh, to a prep school in Maryland, Georgetown Prep. Played a couple of years there, junior, senior year, graduated, then played junior hockey um, in uh, Walpole Stars in uh, EJ, and then um, went on to play Norwich D3, uh, Norwich University. Four years there, played very good, and then, uh, you know, got um, got invited before my senior year, got, got invited to the Washington Capitals development camp, um, you know, played pretty well out there. Played with a lot of guys who played NHL out there as well. And then um, I guess Jerry Bednar, actually head coach of Colorado Avalanche, he was uh, South Carolina Stingrays head coach at the time. And he noticed me there at the camp. And then after finishing up my senior year, cold Washington Capitals development guy. And was like, hey, my season's over. What do I do next? You know, I was kind of, you know, clueless young guy. And he tells me, hey, um, I'll give you a call back. The South Carolina Stingrays coach was uh, asking about you. And then... What do you know? Two days later, Jared calls me and says, you'd like to sign me. And, you know, here I go. I joined them probably like 15 or so games <clears throat> before the playoffs. Sorry. And uh, we made the playoffs and then made an unbelievable run. And we actually ended up winning uh, Kelly Cup. And, um, you know, right away, that was, I mean, one of my favorite memories, obviously, you know, getting out of college right away, going to play pro. I made the cut for the roster and, um did pretty well. I mean, Jared really trusted me throughout the whole playoffs, you know, played a big, you know, pretty good role in the team out there and uh, we ended up winning. Though I didn't participate in game six and game seven of the finals, uh, uh, my jaw was broken. Broke the jaw game five in overtime. And oh, uh, while, I, while I was still walking. Bad feeling. The, oh, horrible. And I was still walking to the locker room with the, with the trainer holding my jaw like that. And you could just hear like you know like a 
the whole arena was packed and you could just hear like like the arena just kind of breathe out like Whoa. and i was like what's that and you could see the guys behind me walking into the locker room the guys the alaska aces scored the goal and uh, the team had to go back to alaska for game six and seven um but unfortunately unfortunately i didn't travel but the boys still uh, won in game seven so uh, and that was that was it and then from there, you it just know, sucked not to be years. able to be part of that series, obviously. And it was nice to see them win, but it's like, God damn it, this had to happen to me. Well, it's just, yeah, it's it, it sucked big time because in the beginning, like, you know, when you see the doctor first, he was like, all right, you know, we'll just patch you up a couple of screws and you're done. But then, you know, he ended up doing MRI and I guess I had a really bad break um, on this side. So they had to wire me shot for eight weeks. Um, so I couldn't play. And um I had the decision, like the, Jared gave me a, a right to make a decision, you know, if I go or not with the team, but I just, um, I didn't know how I was going to react with the pressure after surgery and everything, you know, with like flying so much, I didn't want to be a liability. <clears throat> so I just decided to stay. So I don't, I don't regret it. You know, guys won, you know, came back, had a great, great summer celebration. It was awesome. Oh, I know. All the, the the when you when you have a summer celebrating any kind of championship, uh, <laughs> you go wild, you go fucking crazy. That's right. You enjoy it. You get into it. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. seeing some of the vi videos and photos and pictures. I think we're gonna have someone from the team, from that ECHL team that just won the Kelly Cup, the Florida team, the Everblades. I believe oh, yeah? we're gonna have someone from that team as as long as the schedule works out, joining us before the end of the season. Yeah, they're doing some serious fucking partying. They're lit. Those, those, oh, those guys I mean, after winning. Yeah, so you talk about, hey, we go nuts for the NHL Stanley Cup. People work their fucking balls off and ass off in, in AHL, ECHL, uh, SPHL, FPHL, all these other North American pro leagues, over leagues over in Europe, whether it's Swedish League, you know, German League, League One, League Two. There's you know, three leagues in all of these countries as well. You win a championship, you have that camaraderie with your team, and you accomplish a goal as a family. You're gonna have fun and indulge in it when it when the championship happens, and you're gonna party, no matter oh, what yeah. league you play in. Definitely, I mean, it's so much goes into it, you know. So emotions, you know, yeah. hard work, injuries, you know, you do everything to win that. You know, once you're in the playoffs, it's like, it's it's go time, you know, and it's just a total different hockey, and you know, it's a total different bonding between the players as well. You just you. Um, you learn to trust each other much more. I mean, you just go for bad for anyone on the team. Um, yep. And it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous, tremendous experience. And, you know, to win something on any level, to win a championship on any level, it takes hard work, and, it, and it's, it's awesome. It's a great feeling. Exactly. Any league in this sport, which is a tough-as-fuck sport, to win a championship. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, got, yeah it, it's worth it. It's worth it to celebrate, enjoy it, you know, revel in it every moment you can. Definitely. So after that, yeah, I uh, played, you know, seven more years after that. I was um, in the American Hockey League with a few teams. I was with Hershey. I was with the Manitoba Moose, as you mentioned, and was for a little bit with Springfield, uh, with the Springfield team, uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, they were under Edmonton Oilers, I believe, at the time. Um, then played back in the East Coast, you know, kind of back and forth, went for a year went to the um, UK league yeah um, spend a year there we won a championship of the conference championship which is celebrated there and so it was a lot of fun too um, and then came back for you know again ECHL for a couple of more years and that's it I retired uh, in 2016. 
Right. So since then, what have you been up to for the last six years? How's retirement from hockey, that is, retirement living from hockey been? Uh, it's been good, actually. You know, um, can't complain, not going to lie. Everyone has a different transition, I'm sure. Um, mine was, I'd say, probably rather smooth, you know. Um, even uh, so, my last year, like my last year, I was already, you know, I already knew I was, you know, going to be probably retiring. So I kind of started doing the whole networking thing and you know like resumes and stuff and uh, i believe you had a uh, i forgot his first name but you know lead defenseman who is in the medical um brian lee now. yeah brian lee, brian lee. Yep. exactly so he's a good example of that you know just networking with guys you know from your school and from hockey you know i was on linkedin a lot and um you know i got into uh, sales as well i got into pharma sales and then biopharma sales um still doing that and it just you know it helped me a lot it was just a quick transition and it, it was crazy the way i got it it was like through seven different people connected with one person on linkedin connected me to the other all hockey like fans who you know some of them watched me play some didn't and just you know hockey connects connects people and uh one advice i can give is yes never lose connection with people always stay humble you know and good things will happen and don't be afraid to ask for help that's for sure and you know i asked for help i asked to connect me to some people in the business and sales and stuff and um, they connected me to a couple of people and there you go i'm i'm off to a professional world to the real world like we always like to say <laughs> the working world the roll up your the sleeves working. and get it the fuck done world yeah exactly exactly uh, and another player who got in is david marshall he, i play with david marshall he's a cornipia grad and you know he played pro in the american hockey league for a while he uh played uh together we played the reading royals and you know we stayed real good friends and he's the one who retired um, i think a year or two before me and he got into the med sales as well and um he was the one who kind of encouraged me to you know start working on a resume and all that stuff and kind of started connecting so you know thanks to him big shout out there you go yeah, and that's nice like even for me with sports betting someone opened the door for me someone helped me get to this point i didn't just you know i didn't i didn't just go seek it myself and get it myself i had people help i had people pulling strings trying to you know open the door for me give me the opportunity here as a full-time uh, handicapper and sports better and now 10 years later here i am and i've got you know multiple people to thank for that so it's always someone willing to give you a helping hand especially in the working world the job market uh and it's definitely especially when you're they're good friends and they respect the work you do they know what kind of person you are they're willing to make that uh you know, help you out. So that's, that's fantastic. It's nice to have people like that. I know for firsthand, you know, personal experience, how it's nice to have people in your corner, right? Believing in you. Oh yeah. And it's absolutely nice to have that. There's no question. Um, before we get to talking to NHL Stanley cup final, and man, do we have a lot to talk about with that <laughs> after last night's stunner uh, of a, of a beat down by the Colorado avalanche, but uh, any kind of, Funny, memorable story or memorable moment from your hockey days. If you had one, what would it be? Uh, I mean, championships, obviously. Yeah. Those, those, uh, those are the most memorable ones. Um, first one was, uh, of course, uh, a total difference maker. Um, you know, had a great time in South Carolina after that. You know, Charleston, beautiful city. Um, made a lot of friends there. Still have friends, you know, who played on that team who decided to stay live there. Um, and that's you know probably the greatest memory out there you know in south carolina winning the first one 
Yeah, no doubt. And of course, those championship those championship years, they'll stay with you forever. Any team, any sport, any league, you win a championship, you're friends with the people, with your teammates on that team forever, probably linked together forever. Uh, yeah. It's like that Rick Astley song from the 80s, Dating Myself. Now, together, forever <laughs> and never, two part. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, see, I'm a karaoke magnet, so I just do random karaoke shit on this show yeah. sometimes. So be prepared oh, for that. Don't be fun. alarmed. Just embrace it and enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Reading was fun too. When when we won the second one, Reading, let's think about it. Like it was, it was it was fun because the way like um, the team was awesome. We had a blast. Um, I had a couple of teams for uh, Hershey that I played with there as well. And just coming back was awesome. We're coming back from California, um, and the fans were unbelievable. So that's the you know they. Uh, they organized the bus for us so obviously with some drinks and everything we're on the way from philly airport then they got um police to escort our you know it was like an nhl like type of experience you know when the police escorting you all the way from philly to reading then we like before entering the town we like stopped there were fire trucks out there a bunch of guys got on the fire trucks with a cop like it was huge like, like the whole city was there and the parade um was awesome uh, it was great. Uh, the city of Reading was awesome. They loved it, you know, and we loved it as well. It's tremendous. Great. I've heard that, yeah, support for that team, you know, has always been solid, Reading Royals uh, in the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, that it, yeah. you know, it's one of the well-attended, uh, uh, you know, well-attended teams. They get good fa local fan support. And actually, Ray Bryce, one of our guests on the show, plays Kalamazoo Wings right now uh, in oh, yeah. the uh, ECHL in his home state of Michigan. And apparently their attendance figures have been a lot better than a lot of other teams in that league. So they're getting the fan support there as well. So it's yeah, definitely it's good to see. You got to support for sure. Teams. Yep. Got to support right. these teams. I mean, I, and especially after the pandemic, right? Which, which yeah. shut things down. And now people, you know, not, it's not that they're more fearful. I think it's more, Hey, it's taken them a while to realize, Hey, life's getting back to normal now. Uh, and as a result, you know, attendance figures at some of these lower level pro leagues, you know, not NHL, even the AHL. I saw a Springfield AHL game, playoff mm -hmm. game, Nikita, yeah. just like a month ago. And yeah. it was the goal. It was the game where I saw a highlight where the goalie scored a goal. It was a big deal. Uh, it was all over <laughs> uh, Twitter. It was like it was like Doc Emmerich from the 90s. Marty Brodeur, he scored a goal. <laughs> and he's ju jumping and jumping on the guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I still awesome. remember that call by Doc, a legendary call by him in a legendary career, of course. Uh, and this goalie for Springfield this year scored a goal. I swear, they panned back and looked at the crowd. It was like a mm -hmm. Halloween costume party. Everyone came dressed as empty seats. <laughs> like <clears throat> There was no one there. Uh, it was all, I'm like, geez, this team's in the playoffs and that's the crowd they get, yeah. but it's been tough It AHL, ECHL, the, the FPHL, the, the smaller leagues. It's been tough at times for some of these uh, cities and some of these teams to draw uh, attendance, uh, post pandemic. It's been difficult. And that, it makes you wonder how the fuck are they playing, paying these players? How the fuck are they making money? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, even even before the pandemic, I mean, some of the teams are probably I don't know how many teams would be, you know, making any profit at all and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm not in the business, but you know, sometimes when you're playing and you some teams play at the arena that holds like six, seven thousand, but there's you know barely a thousand there or you know fifteen hundred people or something like that at the games. And I'm I'm sure, especially with the pandemic, um, I mean. Kudos to them, you know, if they they survived and, you know, they're trying to bring everyone back, 
you know, to get there, all the fans in and doing different promotions and stuff. I hope they do. I mean, it just brings people together, you know, those events and hockey and everything. So uh, hopefully it'll be all normal soon, you know? Yeah, exactly. That that promotions, <clears throat> maybe more marketing, all of that stuff's probably helping, plus a little call to the local bank saying, hey, can I get a couple million loan here, please? So, you know, I'm sure that's going a long way, too. Uh, for these teams, you know, I'm, I'm sure they've reached out uh, to, uh, you know, who in the uh, banking uh, world, uh, I'm sure to help them out in these tough times. But we certainly hope they, they all these teams survive and get back on their feet. I'm sure a lot of them are still trying to fight their way back to getting back on their feet uh, after the uh, pan- wiped out seasons, too, in the in the ECA, all these leagues. So uh, it, it's been tough, but hopefully they all survive and make it through. Uh, speaking of surviving and make it through, it sure as fuck doesn't look like the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to do that as of right now here in the uh, Stanley Cup final. Yeah, you're going to find out. I'm pretty good with the segue, uh, Nikita. Pretty ah, good. Uh, so right. there you go. It's been a staple of mine on this show. But, uh, yeah, let's um, let's get into game two. I mean, my goodness, that was an absolute beatdown. That was an annihilation. That was a uh, whitewash uh, from start to finish for the uh, Colorado Avalanche last night. Uh, that is not a football game, ladies and gentlemen. That was a hockey game last night. Seven nothing. Touchdown with the extra point for the uh, Colorado Avalanche uh, last night over the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, look, I, I, T- Tampa Bay's been here before, down two nothing. We just saw it against the New York Rangers. But if you think coming back to beat the New York Rangers down two nothing is the same thing as coming back down two nothing against this juggernaut Colorado avalanche team. You need your head examined. You know, it's as simple as that. I mean, it's a completely different bottle of uh, wax here, if you will. Uh, It's definitely a situation that is, I think very dire uh, for the Tampa Bay lightning after what I saw last night. I mean, I thought in game one, other than the second period, they didn't play great. They were outplayed in the first. Yeah. They were outplayed in the first. They were outplayed in the third, uh, especially in the latter half. And then, of course, Burakovsky gets the game winner in overtime in game one. And I thought, boy, there's room for improvement. They actually went fucking backward last night in a big way. They actually played – it it was ten times worse. And here I was thinking, you know, they they have so much room for improvement. Cooper said it after game one, and and it was just ten times worse. you got to give Colorado credit. They have made Victor Hedman, Nikita, they've made him look like Aki Berg from the Leafs way back in the day. This guy got shit on. All the time, Leaf fans, back in the day, Aki Berg in the playoffs, every goal that went in, every mistake that was made, blame Aki Berg, Aki Berg turning the puck over, oh, Aki yeah, Berg looking that. like a fucking pylon out there, having the forward just go around him and get to the net and score. They've made Victor Hedman look like that. Victor Hedman, Norris Trophy I mean, candidate, year in and year out. making him look like a stiff right now. It's unbelievable. Uh, with this, I mean, speed kills. Not gonna lie, just you just watch them, and I watched them through the place. I think the only team that could have beat Colorado was St. Louis, and I think, um, to my experience, I mean, how you how you beat the speed, you just you just pound them, pound them, pound them, pound them away. And I'm not sure that you know Tampa can do that. I'm not sure they have that. I, I think St. Louis had that in them. And, you know, if not that game winner that they scored, you know, the series clincher with like, what, like five, six seconds or something. Um, you never know how that series would have went between St. Louis and Colorado. And I think that's the 
um, that's the way you beat Colorado. That's the only thing. I mean, because their speed, their speed just, they're, I mean, unbelievable how that team, how fast that team is and the way they just don't give any room, you know, to those plays. And if you look at the goals, you know, that Nichushkin goal, second one, just a soft play, you know, right there behind the play, I think was Palat. Um, and against that team, you can't do those plays. You know, I think you have to kind of simplify it versus them. And I think you go go to town on them. That's it. You know, that's the only way you beat a fast team, skill team like that. That's that's at least I remember if, you know, whenever I was on that kind of team, um, that's the way you wanted to play against us. Just, you know, go hard, you know, be a prick, um, you know, piss them off. Um, but I think that that's what Colorado is kind of doing to, to Tampa. Like, if you look at it, they're just trying to piss off Kucherov, trying to get him off his game, he gets frustrated a lot, um, and they just go in 200% all the time. And Tampa has absolutely, like, no room out there. And they just didn't know what to do last game. And I kind of, like I told you, there's no proof for me. I didn't give you a text and stuff like that. But I kind of felt like that. Like, I, you know, I, I told you uh, in the text, you have that proof that I told you that it was a must win for Tampa. Game one was a must win because Colorado was away for a bunch of days. And that was a chance for Tampa to take it. I thought so, you know, that there was the only chance for them to win, you know, get something out of the road trip. We'll see what's going to happen out at home. I mean, it's a must win again. And to have, I told you, game one was a must win for Tampa. And to have a, two must wins within three games in the Stanley Cup, you know, playoffs, that's, that's rough. That's a tough start for them. That, that is absolutely rough. And you're right. You did say that in game one with, to me with, in our back and forth text saying about the uh, needed to win game one. I felt that way too because I thought with Colorado off the nine-day layoff, you know, this was right for the picking a little bit tamp- uh, for Colorado. And yet Colorado was the team that looked, uh, you know, fresh as a daisy. And Tampa Bay looked uh, completely uh, stuck in mud in the first period. Now, you didn't come, you didn't say before to me before game two about Colorado blowing out Tampa Bay or really taking it to them. But I believe you. I'll, I'll go with that. Whatever you say, Nikita. I'm sure, I'm oh, sure yeah. you- well, it, it happened before. I mean, in those games and even they showed like the, the biggest in the Stanley Cup. But remember that game? I mean, I was always a huge Detroit Red Wings fan. And, you know, when they had the series in 2002 versus Colorado, when it was uh, in Detroit, and it was a very important game, I think. It was like game seven or game six, and everyone thought it was going to be a hard-fought game. And I think Detroit, like, scored, like, five goals in the first period, and it was just, like, over right there. It was kind of seemed like that, too. It was just, wow, done. But one thing I, I, don't, I don't know, I wanted to ask you, if you heard or anything, why was Vasilevsky still in the goal? Oh, that I was going to get to that. That was one of my that was my okay. one of my major bones of contention with John Cooper last night. John Cooper looked like a deer in the headlights last night. I'll be honest. I've got nothing but great things to say about him as a coach. He's done a phenomenal job, obviously, and he's still a great coach. But you know, even Betty Crocker burns the odd cake. You know, as Harry Neal once said. Uh, you know, and even John Cooper has games where look, he gets out coached and he makes bad decisions. And he makes no adjustments that don't work. And clearly, whatever, he's been a king of adjustments and making good ones throughout these playoffs. Whatever fucking adjustments he made in game one, clearly, uh, back to the drawing board, the whiteboard, or whatever the fuck he's using, because they didn't work uh, last night. It was absolutely. Uh, and then he's juggling the lines in the third period. I mean, he's just trying to get something going. They were already going to lose the game. But the most egregious decision he made was, as you said, 
why the fuck is he in the game in the third period when you're down six nothing? Why is Andre Vasilevsky in there? Could, could someone explain that to me? Why is he in that game? This is a guy that's played a ton of hockey for you this year, last year, two years ago. What, you don't think he could use the rest? You Give him the rest. Give him the mental break. Let him, you know, sit there, recharge his batteries, get in the right frame of mind for game three. The last thing he needs to be in there for is a third period of the red light go on another bunch of times after it's already gone past him six times going into the third. They're very fortunate. Uh, Colorado did kind of ease up a little bit in the third. They only got the one goal. Uh, from a car, but that was absolutely absurd, Nikita, that he was in that hockey game in the third period. You put Brian yeah. Elliott in there. You, you yeah, put that exactly. simple as that. The game's lost. You weren't coming back. You know, just give him a mental break. Give him a rebreather. Let him have a chance to just, you know, catch his breath, calm down, get some much-needed rest more than anything else before a Monday game three, which will also include a long flight, you know, going back from Colorado to Tampa Bay. You know, basically uh, pretty close, you know, I would say just close, not West Coast, but still long travel, Colorado to Tampa. Giving him that rest would have been extremely beneficial. There's nothing good that can come from keeping Andre Vasilevsky in there in that third period last night. I could not believe the decision. Um, that's the thing. I mean, we don't know what's going on in the locker room. Um, I was talking to my friend as well about it, and I, I feel like maybe it was Vasilevsky's decision. You Did Vassy hold Cooper at gunpoint or some shit? In the, in the no, it's not say, Don't take me I out. Mean, <laughs> but, but it's still like, I mean, Cooper could have probably came up to him, you know, in the second period, or maybe he, like, kind of gave him a, you know, like a little nod, and maybe Vasilevsky shook him off, you know what I mean? And same thing, I think, might have happened in the locker room. You know, maybe he came up to him and was like, hey, how about, you know, get a breather. And Vasilevsky might have said, no, I want to stay in. You know, I think probably that's what happened. Because I just, like you said, there's no reason for him to be in there. Yeah. Um, in the third period, especially. And that that's kind of, to, I feel like that's the only thing that, you know, could have stayed him, you know, could have left him in the net is that he, it was Vasilevsky's decision. And Cooper didn't want to probably fight it. And I know he probably respects Vasilevsky a lot. I, of course he has to. He's been amazing for him. He's been the wall. He's been the backbone behind these Stanley Cups and another run at a possible third, even though it's looking like it's in a bit of jeopardy right now. Uh, Vassie has been a big part of that. But you're the coach, man. You are the coach, John Cooper. You take, you grab this situation by the nutsack and say, you know what? We're not, you're not, you're not, you're not starting in the third, Vassie. But that's a thing. I know that's you want thing. to, but you're sitting down. You need, we're, we're resting you. Get the rest. We're down 6 nothing. There's nothing we can fucking accomplish putting you in there in the third period. That's what I say. I say, I'm the coach. You're the player. I've made this decision. It's final. That's what I would well, do. Everyone's coaching a different strategy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone, you know, the iron fist, someone's a little different. So I'm, I'm sure if Torts was right there on the bench, I th I'm sure Vassie's gone, you know, even in the second period. You know what I mean? Like, and that there's no, there's no, and there's no, yeah, yeah. there's yeah, no shaking off. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's sure. no shaking off, <laughs> no way. So, and you know, Cooper probably didn't want to get into it with Vassy. If, like I said, if if he asked him, and you know, he said no chance, um, I think he might have just didn't want to get into it with him in this situation. You know, piss piss your starting goalie off, you yeah. know, and have that kind of battle in the playoffs in the Stanley Cup. Maybe he didn't want that. Everyone has a different strategy. You know, everyone's now very good with the psychological game and stuff like that and everyone has their style so you know in my opinion that's what i say i think that was not cooper's call i think cooper asked him and he said no 
So who runs the team? Cooper or Vasilevsky? You know, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but one thing I don't understand is how Kucherov plays more minutes than Stamkos. That's uh, one. Stamkos, Stamkos is another one. Stamkos is coming out in the press conference last night, Nikita, and saying we have to man up. No, you have to man up too. You were invisible in the first two games, and you're the captain. So it's nice to throw stones and say, "Hey, we all need to man up." You've got to be a whole lot, a whole fucking lot better than you were uh, in the first two games. I didn't like what I saw at all from him. You couldn't find him with a telescope, seriously, uh, on the ice at times in the first two games uh, in this series. And he's a great player. He's the captain. He's had a nice playoffs, but I'm I'm sorry, no shots on goal in two games. It's not good for Stephen Stamkos. I mean, yeah. no shots at all in the first two games. Yeah, that's bad. It's bad. I mean, it's he's horrible. a shooter. He's a shooter yeah. too. Um, I don't know what's going on out there. I mean, they should the power play. I mean, he should be just ripping it. You know. I mean, look at look in at the Obi. box I mean, for four last night. A minus two. Yeah. That, that's a gaudy stat line. Yeah. Minus two, four pims, and no shots on goal. Great job, Stephen. And you're going to throw stones saying we need to man up. No, you're the captain. You're the leader of this team. You've been dog shit in the first two games. Horse shit. Let's let's call it like we see it. He's been awful. You got to man up. You know, if the general leads, the troops will follow. It's one of the best things I've ever heard Shaquille O'Neal say, Shaq, uh, on the NBA broadcast for TNT. He's absolutely right. If the general leads, the troops will follow. General ain't leading right now. Stamkos looks overwhelmed too. The whole team does, but you're the captain of the team. You look overwhelmed. You're not generating jack shit right now offensively in two games against Colorado. He's got to be better. I know he said we need to man up. And I and I like that he's trying to rattle the team, wake them up, fire them up as he should. I I like what he said. I like that he went this route, but he's got to look himself in the mirror. You know, if if they're going to buy into what you're saying, it's got to start with your performance. It's got to start with what you do uh, on the ice and what you do on the ice in Game Three and Game Four, Nikita. For Stamkos, it better be a whole lot better than what we, we saw in the first two games because that didn't look like Steven Stamkos. That looked like the ghost of Steven Stamkos. Yeah, they got to come out, you know, like I said, they got to come out flying and they got to come out hard. I mean, they got to come out hitting, you know, no matter who you are, you know, I understand, you know, there's a style of game that you have and whatnot, but lay body in there and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it is what it is. It's a must win for them. And like I said, the only way you can, you know, stop a fast team like that and, you know, it's just body, pound them. You pound and pound them away, you know, and St. Louis had that style of game, and that's the only way they can beat them right now. I mean, put a little behind them and pound their D. Their D are so skilled. They play great defense. They skate so well, and you just slow them down by pounding their body. And, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, Cooper's probably talking about that, and I'm sure the players themselves, you know, know that. So, and they can't get frustrated. And that's what Colorado has been doing to them. They, they, they've been getting them frustrated. You know, the stupid penalties, you know, the fighting and stuff like that. Uh, Corey Perry doing his thing right next to the goalie. Um, you know, he, he can always stay true to himself and to his style of game. And, you know, you've got to respect that too. He's trying to stir the pot, kind of get him off their game. But just kind of bit him in the ass for that so far. They just haven't been doing it the right way. But I do agree. I mean, what he said, I mean, the captain, you have to lead by example. And, you know, I'm sure he's, you know, he's a great player. I'm sure he's going to, you know, do something game, you know, game three, step up and lead the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, uh, 
I was looking at the wrong column in his stat line. He actually had four shots the first. I said no shots, no points, no points in the first two. He had four shots. He had three in game one. He was mm-hmm. actually he wasn't very good in game one either, but at least you saw him a couple of times, get a couple of looks. He got nothing. He got one shot on goal last night and just, you know, a non-impact. The only impact he made was trying to fight Darren Helm, you know, in the third period there. Uh, what, that's did about it. Do? what did Cooch do? What is his stats was? Let me see too. Well, I mean, you can throw the whole lot in there. Uh, nobody played well uh, for the uh, Lightning. So, yes, he did have four shots on goal in the first two games. Stupid of me to think he had none, but uh, I was looking at the wrong column. Yeah, he had uh, three in game one, one last night, but it, not good at all. Yeah, Scooch had none last night, minus two. So throw That's him what in I mean. That's Your fellow what I Nikita, mean. man. Uh, Nikita Kucherski could put a better stat line together last night than Nikita Kucherov. <laughs> oh, man. No, man. Don't do that. Don't throw me, don't throw me in the fire like that. No. Um, I'm just saying. Like, At least show some brimstone last night. A little pushback. You know, I, you, you mixed it up know. in your hockey days. Know. You know, I'm, you, you I'm know. not that, like, hot on his playoffs you know i'm not hot on that i mean a a few you know a couple of years ago you know in 2020 he was much better i don't know i mean just this we have time to nice some of these player prop calls on kucherov though we picked the right game to say hey he's going to show up and get on the board we've done that Uh a couple of times it's stats wise yeah because i mean look at his minutes i mean he's on the peeper and you know whenever you give him time whenever you give him room he's gonna just he's gonna destroy you obviously but they're not giving it to him and he's just uh like remember we're talking about the game with the rangers he's just like you know going backwards slowing it down like um making those soft plays on the blue line and stuff making those cute plays those are the ones that i mean I feel like he's got to change a little bit in that terms, you know, play a little bit more simple, you know, shoot more, not look for that extra pass. But I mean, he's Nikita Kucher. He plays in the show, you know, it's how it's done, but it's, just, you know, maybe to change that up a little bit, you know, just add something that edge to his game would, I mean, I think would improve and, you know, help out as well. He's a leader as well. I mean, if you see whenever, like I was part of the team, whenever you see a skilled guy like that, go out there and bang bodies and you know block a shot like the team gets pumped you know if you see a guy like that does it i mean if you're on the third line fourth line you're going to be doing the same thing you're going to step up too so i think he's got to lead the way in that you know in that kind of aspect of the game as well yeah exactly i mean i mean i'm looking at kucherov's stat line you're right no points minus two and even worse than Stamkos, he's the one that had no shots on goal. At least Stamkos had one last night. Nikita Kucherov, no shots on goal, minus two, uh, and uh, no points last night in that game two victory. Yeah, great job there, Nick, uh, Kuch. Uh, terrific job last night in that game. Number one bullshit. That was your stat line last night. Number one bullshit. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm not kidding. It was no that joke. bad. No joke, man. No joke. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> throwing a little uh, shade back at him for that press conference he had last year after they won the cup, going after Montreal fans uh, like that. Yeah. I don't know. That was not necessary in my opinion, but uh, nevertheless, I mean, people people make you know different decisions, especially when yep. you're you know uh, half an hour in the locker room after you won the Stanley Cup. You know what's going on. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, a lot of three stuff sheets to the wind, a few drinks in your system, yeah. Yeah, of yeah, course. a lot of stuff can come out. I think it was it's I think it's unnecessary to do a press conference when you're already at that kind of state of mind. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, do do a press conference real quick while you still at it and go celebrate, you yeah. know. 
do it before the celebration starts. Then you know that's what they should do, and and or or just do it the next day or some some like you got to change it like that. You're right. I, it's I, tr- trust me when you when you win a championship, you need to wait a few bunch of days, not next day. No, exactly. Although I think maybe purposely they have this these press conferences with the coach and the players after the you know the champagne celebration happens. It happened with Golden State just a couple nights ago, and they they hope to get a nice memorable moment from it. You mm-hmm. know, some kind of memorable quote, memor- some funny moment, some something uh, because of the fact you got all these co- the coaches and players that are already half in the bag, you know, from celebrating in the uh, locker room and dressing room. So I think they're almost hoping they get some kind of mat- mo- great moment that they can capture. Uh, that's why they still do these. Uh, so we've talked a lot about Tampa Bay and all their faults and all their failures. And look, to me, Colorado, you're right. First and foremost, the key so far to the first two games, the two wins, has been Colorado just looks faster. You know, and it's not just skating speed. And that's the, that's the biggest, I think, misnomer people have with when we say, oh, that team's faster. They've got more speed. It's not just skating speed. It's puck movement speed. It's yeah. thinking the game speed. It's moving the puck at a faster level before the defense can react, before the other team can react. How many goals have we seen from Colorado of the 11 that they scored in the first two games of this series combined where it was not just their skating speed, but it was their puck movement. Nobody stays stationary. The players are always moving around. The puck's always humming. The puck doesn't stick in one area of the ice. It's going left to right, north and south, east and west. Players are moving around. And what's that doing? They're thinking the game at a high rate, a high level of speed as well, not just skating at a high level and high rate of speed. And what's it doing? It's opening up passing lanes. It's opening up seams. It's opening up lanes to get the puck to the net. That's what it's doing. And that's what you have to do against Tampa Bay, Nikita, because the one thing they've been just amazing at in these Stanley Cup runs is blocking a ton of shots. Hedman does it. McDonough does it. Chernak does it. The whole blue line does it. And then they've got the last line of defense, Vasilevsky, if indeed the puck gets through there. And they've got the defense just off their mark. They've got Vasilevsky moving off his mark. I've never seen Vasilevsky off the angle and given up so many goals where it just looks like he's off his angle. He's not square. And it's because the puck movement, the player movement, and and everything that's going on with just this high level of thinking and moving that puck at such a fast level of speed, never mind skating, that's what's doing it. It's It's what Colorado is doing here in this series to generate that offense, and it's staying one step ahead of Tampa Bay. So it's not just skating speed. It's thinking speed. It's puck movement speed. And Tampa Bay just doesn't look like right now they can keep up with it. And you look at last night in particular, who's winning every single puck battle? Who's winning every single foot race situation for a loose puck? Colorado is, not Tampa Bay. Uh, And you're seeing that all over the ice right now. So, again, speed and not just the thinking of skating. It's speed in terms of puck movement. It's a high level of thinking speed as well. And Colorado's just crushing them in all those areas. I agree with you. I mean, they just, uh, it's like I said, it's the same thing, same example with Cooch. Like, you know, whenever, you know, you see it a lot, whenever he gets a pass, you know, he slows it down, you know, like he, he wants to look at some great cross pass or something like that, you know, and Colorado is way different. You know, they move their feet to support each other. That's what kind of creates the whole chaos. And look how many uh, odd man rushes because of that. 
you know, I mean, Tampa is kind of, you know, standing and waiting and, you know, Colorado is just moving their feet, you know, chip by them. And then already, you know, another guy is already moving, you know, going 100 miles an hour to get that puck. And you can see everyone is joining. I mean, they just work as a unit and they work their feet and create that chaos kind of. And blocking a shot when everyone's moving around like that, when, you know, McKinnon is in the corner, all of a sudden, a second later, he's already on the blue line with that kind of like that that play they always do with a third D he's up there for the one timer um and just the puck movement and they use that speed to get open it's just the play without the puck and they don't play that style of game where you kind of try to slow down the game you know make a nice cute pass and stuff um I mean kudos to them and you know their coaching staff for just uh having that game plan for them and um I think that's what, you know, Tampa has to do. They have to simplify the game. Like I said, you know, tougher game, body, um, to slow those guys down. That's that's what they got to do. You know? uh, but, I mean, it's not easy, obviously. But they just got a, a few, you know, a few players got to change that game um, and do, you know, a little bit of grinding and see if that will help out. And I think they got to shoot more. You know, you just see so much of – those, you know, trying you to gotta have the puck to shoot, like right? That. That's yeah. the problem. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, they got to get it. I mean, you got to get it. They got to win the battle. They got to be the first ones in the battle. They got to want to battle with those guys. And, you know, just uh, it, it, once again, it's, you know, it's, it's simple. I think it, it, once you pound him once, twice, you know, three times, you know, the, the guys, you know, will stop wanting to be the first on the puck. They will not, you know, move their feet that quick, you know, to the boards and get that puck. So that's that's how you win. Just shift by shift. You're not going to win right away, obviously. But that's the way I see it right now. Yeah, I mean, a lot's got to change. And here's the issue. And uh, by the way, I want to shout out a lot of Colorado players. We shouted out who sucked for Tampa Bay. And that was pretty much everybody. Goalie on out. Uh, Hedman looked like a like like I say Hedman is looking like some you know guy that does just got called up from the AHL and he's in the playoffs only because someone else got hurt. That's what he looks like right now, and Colorado's made him look like that. It's shocking. Uh, this is one of the best defense, and he is still a, a great defenseman. I mean, this series isn't going to change that, even though he's had a rough series so far. But that's how good Colorado's playing right now. They're making Victor Hedman look like a chump right now. Uh, essentially, and that's uh, just um, shows you just how great they're playing. But we know nobody was good for Tampa. We talked about Stamkos, uh, not a good first two games at all. Cooch, no shots on goal last night. Not a good game from him. Let's shout out what was good about Colorado. How about Big Val Nachushkin? Big Val, big profit for me uh, here in the playoffs. I've been on the Valerie Nachushkin props a shit ton, whether it's points, goals, anything. Uh, and they keep on cashing in, and he's going to get well paid in his next contract. This is an eye-opening playoff run for Valerie Nachushkin. He has put himself into a situation where he's going to get some big mucho dinero from somebody uh, down the road. This has been a phenomenal postseason for him. I I hope he does, yeah. I mean, he had a phenomenal season uh, as well, yeah, like not just the playoffs. I think he had like, what, 51 points in like 62 games or something like that. I mean, that's a huge, you know, I would say breakthrough. I mean, he was a high draft pick and a lot of hopes for us. Uh, Dallas Stars when he was playing out there and he's that big power forward um, I feel like he got lighter you know what I mean I'm not sure on his weight and everything and stuff like that but I feel like this season he is much faster too I think like you know it's always at the Colorado, size but yeah he's moving yeah. faster there yep 
whatever is Colorado doing out there? I mean, the water or whatever they're doing out there, making the guys so much faster and uh, probably, you know, either the training or something and just, you know, the style of game, whatever they're preaching, you know, Jared Bednar's preaching out there. And I mean, he's playing and he's been phenomenal for him this season. He stepped up in this role, you know, playing between those great guys too. Um, you know, mix it in with his size and speed. It's it's tough to stop, you know, when you have that size and the speed. And uh, good for him. I mean, he's he's been in a while in the league. That's the thing. And, you know, a lot of guys who kind of, you know, a lot of people think are, you know, you know, he's that high draft pick and kind of like, eh, you know, not didn't pan out. But, you know, he's blossoming this season. And, you know, hopefully he keep keep it going and get his uh, deserved contract. That's great. No, absolutely. And he's going to get it, and he just earned it. He's been phenomenal. This has been just a terrific playoffs uh, for Val. Big Val, I call him. Uh, Valerina Chushkin here for the uh, Dallas Star. Uh, no, Tampa Bay Lightning, former, or Colorado Avalanche, former uh, Dallas Stars, of course, uh, years ago. But uh, it's just amazing the jump. Uh, I mean, this is actually his third season with Colorado, and even the first two years, you know, 65, 55 games, 14 points, and only four points. Or there are 27 points, I should say, 21 points uh, the last two years, and then the jump to 52, you know, in it the regular season. It be a contract, contract year, contract yep. year. It's amazing. It's always, yeah, it's always that that thing, the contract year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you never know. That's the thing. I don't know if um, hopefully you're going to get paid. You know, if he's not going to get paid, then you might go like arbitration or whatever you do. I don't know the rules, but. Um, Maybe someone like a GM would be thinking, hey, that's a contract year. You know, look at his stats before that. And you kind of would be scared. If it's not Colorado giving the contract and he's going to go to the other team and he's not playing on maybe that top line, do you think he's going to produce that much? Do you think he's going to be worth that money? Um, that's going to be the buyer's hesitation for any team interested in the offseason. Exactly. Big Val is, well, hold on now. You're talking about a guy with 20 uh, seven points, 21 points in, you know, 50, 60 games the last couple of years. Now, all of a sudden this year, you're talking about 52 and 62 in the regular season, like point per game, almost point per game player type shit. Uh, yeah. And now all of a sudden we're going to give you the, we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to back up the Brinks truck for you now, all of a sudden. And do we have that trust, that faith and that confidence in the player and in the person put in the work, be ready to go year in and year out to try to duplicate the results that he has put forth this year. That's Depending always that gonna mental, mental decision that a GM has to make. Yep. Depending on where you see him. I mean, if the GM sees him also in the you know top line, why not? It just depends, you know, what team he goes. Maybe yep. he, you know, maybe there's three players that you cannot, absolutely cannot pull out the first line, then he's playing second line. Who is he playing with? Um, what is he right now playing with uh, Rantanen and Langestock? And uh, or Landeskog and McKinnon right now. Yep. There you go. I mean, it's it's the same thing we can talk about. You know, Kane, Vander Kane. Um, you know what I mean? Like those guys make make other guys better. You know, like Crosby will do, McDavid will do, McKinnon will do. All those guys will make you a better player. But I mean. If he's going to get paid, I mean, guaranteed money, good for him. I mean, I'm all for that and stuff. So, and hopefully he gets the same opportunity that he has with Colorado. If he stays with Colorado, I mean, he probably will stay the same role and maybe he's going to have another, you know, a few great years like that and get paid again, maybe something. I don't know. How old is he now, by the way? Well, Valerie Nachushkin, he's uh, 27. 27. So what he'll probably want like a four-year deal, right? Four years, something like that. 
Yeah, it's going to be longer. It's def- definitely ain't going to be two years, five million, which is the contract he's coming off of uh, the last couple of seasons. So yeah, there's going to be a big term in- I- increase and a big, obviously, money increase. Oh yeah, because I mean that's probably that's his last chance to check in, right? Is that yep. what they say? Yeah, last chance to check in, real big money. So yep. you, got, you got to do it. He's got to cash in. His agent's got some work to do for sure. Yeah, he's he's like there's been a, so many good stories. I mean, Lackanen, of course, has been great. Landeskog, uh, Devon Taves gets a point. Burakovsky, it's sad to see him get injured last night because he's starting to heat up again. He had two points before uh, leaving that game due to injury, and now there's some worry that he might miss, you know, a couple of games at least in this series. So uh, for uh, Andre Burakovsky, that is most unfortunate. Uh, the game Maybe steps in. One. Yeah, yeah. And Kadri's still out. Yeah, Kadri might come back at some point uh, in this series, but not for sure yet. And now Burakovsky day-to-day. So we'll have to see his status. But, boy, he had two points last night, another goal, and then, of course, the overtime winning goal in Game 1. So, unfortunate. Kale McCarr continues to just be magnificent. Uh, you know, two goals, two points last night. Uh, he actually was off the score sheet in Game 1, but that didn't last long. Uh, bounced back strong for uh, two points last night. And I'm seeing a performance pattern with Kale McCarr, too, uh, that he gets no points in the in a game. Next game, he's being a big factor uh, offensively. That's been a pretty good pattern with him uh, throughout the playoffs. McKinnon has been doing his thing, of course, uh, been active uh, in the offensive zone. The, the blue line just skates like the wind, all six of them. And that's where the big difference has shown up. you got a lot more clunkers in terms of skating uh, and in terms of just overall speed, puck movement from the blue line with Tampa compared to Colorado, where it's Devon Taves, it's Kale McCarr, it's Bowen Byram, who's another great skater uh, on this uh, Colorado blue line. Uh, Josh Manson can skate pretty well, too. I mean, we think of him as a defensive-minded guy, but he's no slouch. And then you got Johnson and Johnson, uh, Eric and Jack, uh, who are veteran defensemen who just round out just a terrific one through six for Colorado on the blue line. So... Now the question, as we start to look ahead, Nikita, to Game 3 uh, on Monday night here, uh, as you can see, it's minus 110, even money both sides, uh, the total 6 in this one. So how about that? Even money. Tampa Bay uh, not getting any home ice edge or, you know, they're not in minus 1, they're not even minus 130 home favorites here in this Game 3, down 2 nothing. It's even money. Odds well, make 7, right seven nothing will do that to you. You know what I mean? Exactly. If it was if it was like an overtime kind of win for Colorado or very tight, I think it would be definitely different. But now when, when it was a seven rip, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think that it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, if you, if it's, a, it's a panic mode right now. You know, people who are putting money on uh, lightning, you know, especially after the game, they were like, holy, what's going on out there? Um, so there, that's why the money line is even like that. So that's, I think the, the last game did it. I'm sure if you were looking, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know, um, if they do the, you know, the line uh, for game three, even before game two, if you, I don't know if you have that stats, I'm look sure ahead totally line, different. They, call it. They, they, they do this in football, Nikita, every, all season in the NFL where, yeah, it could be week two of the NFL season, but they've yeah. already got week three lines for next week posted so, and so you're going to see that? a difference pre-week two and post-week two for those week three lines. And it'll be influenced by how the week two games play out. Same thing here. Probably gets influenced. I know it gets influenced this line, even money, by a 7 nothing beatdown. 
yeah, in game two by the Colorado Avalanche. There's no question. That is a great point by you. And that's exactly how the odds makers and the betting markets operate. Uh, there's no question. Total didn't adjust, though. I mean, both games went over the total, exactly seven goals, 4-3 and 7 nothing. the first two games. Yet the totals, I, I could only look over, like, in, in terms of the total. Because when I look at this series, is Tampa Bay going to get an emotional boost from the home crowd at Amelie Arena? Yes, of course. Are they going to get an emotional lift from the home crowd for Game 3, a, a game that they've got to have? Yes, of course. Are they going to try to come out strong? I'm sure they will. But is a change of venue and going from Denver to Tampa, is it going to make Colorado fat, uh, slower? Is it going to make Tampa Bay faster? Is it going to make Tampa Bay have an, just changing venues is going to make Tampa Bay be able to skate better with this Colorado team, which is something we have not seen uh, here in the first two games. You know, I, I have my doubts. And look, it, it was fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I took Tampa both games. You know, Tampa off a loss. I thought you had to look that way in game two. I thought game one with the nine-day layoff for Colorado, Tampa Bay, that would be a game that was there for the taking for them. And here they are down 2 nothing. So you can understand my hesitation for back in Tampa again one more time. I think if you like Tampa in this game, I would say probably bet the first period only. Or, you know, at least if you're going to trust them to win the game, which I think, you know, uh, with what I've seen, even going back home, it's, 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 to me, just going back home is not going to all of a sudden make you be able to skate better with this Colorado team. Because they just look like they're they're too fast for you, and, and just going back home is not going to erase the fact you played a lot of playoff games this year. Colorado hasn't played. Colorado is sweeping the first round against Nashville. Uh, they had uh, a, a six gamer against St. Louis. At least they didn't go seven, and then they swept Edmonton. Yeah. So you talk about four, eight. They've only played fourteen playoff games. You know, in three series. Tampa had to go six with the Rangers. They had to go seven with Toronto. They did sweep Florida, but they still played more games. And then you have the two years back-to-back where you're going the distance and you're winning the Stanley Cup. You know, I was wondering, is the fatigue and the physical wall, are they going to hit it finally? Because I For said sure. maybe they hit it in New York. Maybe they hit it with Florida. Maybe they hit it at some point this year in the playoffs earlier than now. It looks like they're hitting it now partially because maybe they're tired and partially because when you're somewhat fighting some kind of physical stress and fatigue, Colorado ain't the team you want to play when you're in that situation because they just push pace, push pace, push pace, speed, consistently move the puck, make you go left, right, east, west, north, south, trying to defend these fuckers, uh, and you just can't you know keep up with it. Uh, and that's what it looks like right now. So, yeah, they'll get a lift from the home crowd, but will an emotional lift from the home crowd alone be able to change the tenor of this series? for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll be honest, I'm not convinced it will uh, at this moment. And that's the thing, yeah. I'm not I'm not betting on Tampa. Like, I mean, just because they're coming home, uh, maybe these two days, giving them a break, you know, if it was, for example, you know, a game, uh, you know, what is it, yesterday's game? Was it yesterday? Oh, yeah, so it's one game. Yeah, um, I don't know about that. One day off, right? I don't know. Um, to me, I think, yes, the fatigue, um when they came to Colorado, I never played in Denver, never played there. So I guess, you know, everyone's talking how hard it is to play out there with the altitude and everything. Uh, that's altitude. a big factor. Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, to me, I think it's going to be a goalie factor. Um, you know, it's just, I feel like they should come out, pepper the goalie, um, do what St. Louis was doing, you know, to Colorado when they beat them. 
a um, couple of games and just the way they come out, what kind of style of play they're going to do. I mean, they're going to come out with a lot of energy and stuff like that, but just what kind of game will their top guys bring? Is it going to be the same kind of fancy plays, soft plays, you know, like little those passes, trying to look for an extra pass, or is it going to be a really hard-nosed game? A lot of shots, shot-first mentality, um, and playing the body. You got to lay the body, even if you're Kucherov or you're, you know, whoever you are, you have to finish your check, you know, just let them know you're there. You know what I mean? Stick them, let them know you're there. Um, kind of that. And if they're going to change that, I think they can take that game. Um, if they don't, if they kind of keep playing, the leader is going to keep playing that same game. The, you know, skill guy is going to keep playing that, you know, soft, you know, cute game. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to help. Um, Colorado too fast. Um, with that, you know, too skilled and, you know, to play that game with them, no, you can't do that. And I think Tampa, and I think, you know, Colorado takes the series. They, they, I think they're going to win the series for sure. Like I told you, it's going to be the five or six games tops. Um, who knows? Maybe it'll be four. Uh, okay. I, I, I want to make sure I've got this right. I want to make sure I'm not seeing things here. Am I honestly seeing a two-and-a-half team total for Colorado tomorrow for Game 3? Is that real life? Is that serious? Is that really – like, wow. Do they re- do they think just going back home and Vasilevsky is going to turn into a brick mortar uh, and a brick wall again? Do they think just going back home to Game 3 for Tampa Bay means this Colorado offense is just going to just completely shut down? Like, what What are we do- what, what, what are we thinking here with a two-and-a-half? Team total for Colorado. I know it's minus one forty three. You got to lay a little bit of a price, but I, I just basically gave it away right there. And I know we got we got the show tomorrow. We're going to have two guests on tomorrow, by the way, for our live show at two p.m. Eastern. Dan Sexton and uh, 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 Curtis Gettig will be with us tomorrow. But uh, when you look at it here uh, to, with the, with this team total, I mean, how do you not trust Colorado to go to three get to three in this game? I know Tampa's going to want to be better defensively. They're going to have last line change. That's going to help John Cooper a little bit, and he's good with that uh, on home ice. And there's definitely a desperation factor and a focus on getting better defensively. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, are they capable of keeping Colorado below three goals? I don't know if I've seen anything in the first two two games that tells me Tampa Bay is capable of doing that. So that team total immediately stands out to me. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, I mean, experience might be, you know, um, finals, Colorado coming to Tampa, um, emotions still. Like, Colorado also understands that, you know, they win this game, they're pretty much the Stanley Cup champs, you know. Uh, And in their mind, they might be, you know, thinking, I mean, it depends. Obviously, everyone's different, but they might be thinking, like, shit, that's it. You know, we win this, it, it's over, you know, like we got this. Um, and so for them, emotions could be too, you know, playing at the, you know, Tampa's rank is going to be loud as hell, you know, all that pressure. Um, there could be like, looking at McKinnon though, I mean, he's an awesome player, but like game one, you could see he was just, for, for me, at least the way I at least I look at it, I feel like he was nervous. You know what I mean? Uh, that's the first time in the cup, you know, you, you know, he's a big leader of the team, you know, you're looking up to him and, you know, like he made a great move out there, um, Chernak, and then all of a sudden he's not looking up, you know, with a shoot, he's just trying to get it on net, kind of like that was a great chance for him to score a goal out there, it would have been a huge one and, and a beautiful one as well. 
and you know he didn't look up and just right into gut you know uh, Vasi and I think that was kind of showed that you know he's nervous too those guys are nervous and it was the first game Stanley Cup finals they look great you know yesterday but what is it for him he's got no goals right now right in the cup yeah yeah no goals right now and that's a that's another thing for Colorado like look McKinnon hasn't had a goal yet and they're doing it with you know without him scoring McCarr stepped up but he's got two points two assists but yeah no goals yeah no goals yeah and then you know McCarr didn't you know didn't score anything you know in the first game so the ability of Colorado to do it through throughout the whole lineup is is just terrific but I feel like the the factors for the you know for game three would be you know just Tampa's experience, home ice, you know, being able to match the lineups and the changes and stuff and just a, a must game win for Tampa. And then also Colorado thinking, you know, if they win, it's over kind of type of thing, you know, and that might be a little bit of a factor, the emotions. I think that's it. But like I said, Colorado wins this series. Yeah, I think uh, I think they they are. Uh, I, I think they are. Of course, we could be back to we could we could be going back to Denver in Game Five two two. And if it is, and I'll, I'll hats off to Tampa if they win the next two home games, which they're very capable of doing. But I, this is not the Rangers now. I keep going back to that, and you brought up a great point that Colorado's up two nothing in this series with Nate McKinnon without a goal. Okay, what if he fucking burns it up a, a notch or two? here in Tampa Bay and he has a two goal game or a hat trick game. Like he's capable of doing, like we've seen in the playoffs and you get him now all of a sudden light in the lamp. Then it becomes just even more insurmountable for Tampa Bay here uh, in uh, this series. And by the way, if you're thinking Colorado can't go into Tampa Bay and win two, one, if not two games, think again, uh, because Colorado Nikita, they are undefeated on the road here in the Stanley cup playoffs. They have not lost a single road game here in the playoffs. Think about it. They won both games in Nashville in that four-game sweep. They won all three games in St. Louis against the Blues. They won game three, they won game four, and they won the game six series clinching game with that late goal in the third period to to beat St. Louis. And then they won both games in Edmonton uh, against the Oilers in that four-game sweep. So this team is a perfect 7-0 here in the Stanley Cup playoffs on the road. So don't think for a second they can't go to Tampa Bay and win. Uh, I don't get it, the odds then. Why the odds are like that then? I don't get it. Why is it? Why is it even then? You know what I mean. Even after seven rip, and then knowing that Colorado hasn't lost a game away, and it's still right. There, Sounds like you know? odds maker Nikita thinks Colorado should be favored here. Uh, I feel like I feel like they should. I mean, I don't know. I feel like they should be the favorite here. Um. All the pressure on Tampa, not going to lie. All the pressure on Tampa and, the, you know, throughout the whole playoffs, Colorado hasn't lost a game, you know, on the way rink. Maybe actually playing at home gets gets Colorado more emotional, you know, get a little, you know, for them to, you know, old school kind of term, squeeze the stick a little harder. Um, maybe that's it, too. Maybe when they go on the road, they're a little bit more relaxed, you know. Uh, I remember my playoffs with the rating, I played away much better as well. I don't know, just kind of yeah, more I've, relaxed. I've yep, some people are. Some players are. Yep, they're more relaxed. Yeah, you, yep. 
you and try you bond to play more as a team. You're you're together. You're on the road. You're not distracted by families and other distractions exactly. and other shit going on. It's all about the exactly. team. It's all about the focus on the game. Yep. Exactly. You try to play it simple, especially for the skill guys. You're not trying to impress anyone in the stands. You know, get the crowd just being like, oh my god. You just you just play that simple game. You know, you play for the win. Doesn't matter if you, you know, if you win by one goal, it's still a W right there. So. That's right. Who knows? Let's we'll see tomorrow. Yeah, we will see. Uh, it's it's a fascinating game. It's just uh, I'm just baffled and just blown away by this team total being two and a half for Colorado. I'm going back through every road game. Let me go through every road game. I throw out the home games because we know at home they've really lit lit the lamp pretty well. Uh, but on the road this year, here's what Colorado's done: scored seven against Nashville in Game Three, five against Nashville in Game Four. Five against St. Louis in game three, six against St. Louis in game four, three against St. Louis in game six, four against Edmonton on the road in game three, six against Edmonton in the closeout game, uh, game four. So they have scored three goals in or more in every road game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we got a two and a half here with this team total. What about what about McKinnon? This is either the fishiest uh, the shit I've ever seen, or this is just a gift being given to me. I don't know which one yet. <laughs> what about McKinnon in the away games? What about McKinnon in the away games? Is he scoring more in the away games, or is he scoring more at home games? Let's do some analysis here. We got a couple minutes still, and then we'll wrap it up. But uh, okay. yeah, well, uh, let me just uh, we I can find that out for you right now. I'll just uh, bring up uh, all right, McKinnon stat line. Here we go. I had it here for a minute. Okay, here we go. So on the road in Nashville, he had two goals and two points. And in that series, he had three goals at home, but he had two on the road, and he scored a okay. goal into the road games there. At home against St. Louis, he had no goals in the first two games. Then he had no goals in the next two in St. Louis. Three, The hat trick at home against St. Louis in game five, no goals at St. Louis, uh, and then – Home against Edmonton, he had two goals at home, one in each game. And then on the road, he had no goals in the one road game, one goal in the fourth Ooh. game. So on the road, he's been spotty. Eh, spotty. spotty. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I'm going to be kind and say spotty. But, yeah, it's not the production <laughs> you would have thought. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe that's his time to step up. He hasn't, you know, hasn't scored But he's been right quiet now. in the first two games at home. So, you know, you leave the door open that he's going to be able to – you know, make some uh, make something happen here uh, on the road when the scene shifts to uh, Tampa Bay. But like I said, I'm going to stick by what I said, Nikita. In that, I am concerned that you know, uh, just a change in venue and going to Tampa Bay. I don't know mm -hmm. if that alone is going to change the disadvantages that Tampa clearly looks like they have after the first two games. You know, and you know, you've got to somehow win puck battles. You've got to somehow out battle and outskate the other t player on the other team, Colorado, for those loose pucks. And if they're getting to things quicker than you are, getting to pucks, getting on pucks quicker than you are, you know, th th that's kind of something that going back home is not going to help you overcome that. It's just, it is what it is. They're faster than you. You know, they're beating you uh, to these loose pucks time and time again. It's happened all over the ice in game one and in game two. So, you know, but and... And I think also the fact there's only one day off the rest of the series in between games, that's more bad for Tampa, in my yeah. opinion, because of all the hockey they've played the last few years. One thing I'll leave you with is um, momentum changes. Um, yeah. 
when you look at the Rangers in Tampa, same thing. I mean, first two, first game, 6-2. Second game, remember, they still won. Yeah. Um, and then going into game three, once again, must win for Tampa, must win for Rangers. And Rangers were great that game, too. Um, and that goal was a momentum change. So I would be looking for, you know, if I was looking at the game, I would be looking for those. Some kind of type of momentum change. Anything yeah. can happen. And... Um, if something happens out there in Tampa that you could see, a, a you know, a, a, what is it, like a, a total momentum change out there in the game, um, and then all of a sudden, what if it's 2-2 and going back to Colorado? Are you still sticking with Colorado win this series? Uh, that, that, <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get there. How about that? How about we do that? Um, but I will there say this. There is some kind of momentum change like, like yeah. it was with Tampa. And remember I told you, I wrote to you. I was like, Tampa now wins three in a row. I wrote it to you and they won three in a row. And just a gutsy call on me. If there is some kind of momentum change and it's like a definite one, like you could see it, oof, watch out for Colorado. But I'm still right now. I'm sticking with Colorado. Yeah, I, but of it, course I have to right now. I will. And look, Tampa's got to win both home games. Yeah, then we have sure. a series. Anything less, it's done, and it's going to be then a matter of just when, when Colorado finishes the series, not if they finish the series. Tampa yeah, Bay has to hold serve. They got to get Game Three, and they have to get Game Four. It's really that simple. And then, but if that happens, let's say, it's all hypothetical right now. But let's say that happens. The pressure then does shift to Colorado going back home, you know, Big at time. 2 2. And that would put this series in a completely different complexion, you know, at that point. So that is, that would be fascinating. Then it's a must there. win. Yeah, because it's a must win for Colorado at home yep. after that. And Tampa is kind of like, all right, let's wait for them to, you know, shoot themselves in the leg, you know, come all emotional and everything, which is going to be no panic mode you know player style and stuff like they did with rangers that's what they did with them well let's see if if tampa will be able to pull this off again like that i mean that would be incredible if they do that would be something no doubt about that uh no question looking forward to game three uh on monday night and that will be a bet cast a live ice guys bet cast 8 p.m eastern game three monday night if you want to join us on the uh, bet cast send me a dm or email on twitter or email bobano350 at gmail.com on twitter at bobano and i'll make sure i send you a link for the bet cast it's really a virtual bar in a pub while we watch the game we're just sitting there watching the game we're commenting on it as it goes making some live bets live wagers as the game goes on we got our favorite beverage with us beer uh, you name it, whatever you want to drink on the bet. It's really, it's like a pub virtually, but bar in a pub to watch the uh, game. Uh, that's uh, The bet, bet casts are a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to another one on Monday night for game three, and we'll do one for game four as well uh, on Wednesday night. Could be the last two bet casts of the year, uh, so you never know. So make sure you join us for that later this week. Uh, great stuff from our special guest, Nikita Kaczurski. We'll get a best bet from him for game three before we uh, wrap up the show before we get to that DraftKings sportsbook official sports betting partner of the nhl new customers bet just one dollar on any nhl team get 150 dollars in free bets if they win if DraftKings sportsbook isn't available in your state or province you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy 
hockey contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older, must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state or province. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the Draft. King Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. All right, uh, I'll save my best bet for tomorrow because we're going to have Monday's show uh, and we'll break it down further. Side total props for game three uh, of the Stanley Cup final. Two special guests joining us tomorrow, so looking forward to that. Uh, but Nikita, great show, lots of fun. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we broke Thanks. this game, we broke this game, we broke this series down to the tits. I mean, every single <laughs> last an element and, and uh, every nth degree, uh, we basically broke this series down in this game, game three as well uh, for Monday night down. But before we leave, Nikita, your first ever Ice Guys best bet. If you had to pick one for game three, what are you going with? Ah, that's a tough one. Um, I want to I wanna have the interest in interest in series. So I, I want to have, you know, Tampa. So I would say I put on Tampa. Tampa wins. He's on record. Tampa Bay to at least get back in the series for game three. Now, if they win game three, as you say, that's Tampa Bay minus 110, best bet for Nikita Kosherski for game three. But let's say they win game three. Are you? Would you be coming back in their corner in game four, or would that be a wake-up call for Colorado, put their foot down, make it 3-1, and put Tampa behind the eight ball? Do you think it's going Tampa-Colorado, game three, game four, or do you think it could actually go Tampa-Tampa, they sweep at home? Um, depends. Like I said, momentum. I, it will all depend on the game. Like, I'll be watching the game. Um, if Tampa wins, just in, in terms of how they win it. You know yeah. what I mean? If it's like Vasilevsky absolutely, you know, kills it and just – you know, saves the, their lives and they win by a squeezer. Um, I'd be betting Colorado after that. You know, they'd just be like, that's it, Vasilevsky. I mean, he's done with you. I like that, a squeezer. I've never heard that yeah. before. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but if, if you see Tampa absolutely change the style and, you know, it's a very even game and, you know, Tampa is, you know, the Tampa that we used to see, um, then I'd be saying, okay, you know, Tampa might take it, and I'll be probably betting Tampa again in game four. Um, at least I'd want to. I'd want them to win because I'd want that series go go long. I don't want that, you know, full rip. Uh, not a fun Stanley Cup then, you know. I want a game seven, double OT, some kind of, you know, overtime win, and that's, those are the best ones. Yeah, give us, give us a longer series and give us something like game one. You know where we went to overtime. Don't give us these uh, landslide blowouts like uh, Game Two that was for uh, Colorado. We'll see. This is look. It's it would be unfair to say this series. You've noticed that in our, in, despite my extreme concern and worry for the Tampa Bay Lightning, have I once said on this show today with Nikita that Tampa Bay is done? I have not. You know, I I, I respect the, the 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 pedigree of this team enough to not say that. But I am gravely concerned, and as far as as far as it goes for me, they have to win the next two games, not just tomorrow night. They've got to get game four as well. Hold serve at home and then put some real series pressure on the uh, Colorado Avalanche for game five. That's what's going to have to happen uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and a whole lot's going to have to change for them uh, between game two and game three. Uh, great show. Incredible stuff. Uh, 
Uh, Nikita, great job. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks, Ian. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. Next season, if you're around, we'll call on you and definitely we'll bring you back. Well, uh, I'm not show. going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. We're going to have more player guests through the regular season. This year, we only had players on, current former players on during the playoffs for the most part. But, you know, next year, we're going to get them on throughout the regular season as well. Uh, definitely makes the show better, in my opinion, for sure. Great stuff. Uh, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate it. A reminder the Ice Guys is live on YouTube. And if you can't watch the show live, you can download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For our special guest, Nikita Kaszurski, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Happy Father's Day uh, to all the dads out there. Have a great Thank Father's you. Day Sunday, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Monday, live, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.